Hey everyone, you're listening to Stephen Overbaugh, and this is my podcast, and I'm so glad that you've joined me this week and are ready to listen to the Word of God that's being taught and is going to be taught once again right here. The teaching of the Word of God is so precious and so valuable, and I thank God for hungry people that long for the Word and who have an appetite for the Word. And, you know, if you want to grow, if you want to mature in the things of God, you have to eat. You have to feed on the Word of God and the blessings of God. And the blessing that is in His Word, found in His Word, will cause you to grow up into Christ, will cause you to see things from a different place, will cause you to know things you've never known before. And you'll be changed from faith to faith, like the scripture says, and go from glory to glory. And we need to place high value on the word of God and what the Lord is saying to us through his word and by his spirit. Amen. You know, people have an appetite for a lot of different things in life. They have an appetite for different kinds of foods. And there's certain things that different people like. They they have certain tastes that they just enjoy and certain things that they like to partake of. Well, and in the way we have appetite for certain things in the natural world, like for instance, I really like uh, this thing called dot pretzels. These pretzels are so good. They're full of just wonderful (laughs) ingredients. They're really salty and I, I know that I don't need to be having salt as much as I do. But these pretzels I really like to eat. They're called dot pretzels, and they're just delicious. And honestly, I have to tell my family not to give them to me or to take them away from me at times because if I don't watch it, I can just go through a whole bag. And I'm talking large bags. And so, you know, you have we have appetites for certain things. Some people really just like to have steak. They have, have an appetite for those kind of things. Some people have an appetite for certain types of candy and there's just all these different things that people long for and they will invest time and money to get those certain things whatever it may be not just food but anything in this world they they invest their time their money their effort their energy into certain things because they want it and they have an appetite for it well if those things aren't in their proper place they could take the place of the word of god in their life we need to have the strongest appetite the strongest hunger for the kingdom of God and the word of God and the things of God. And, you know, Jesus said in in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Our appetite, our hunger, our thirst need to be first and foremost on the things of God and specifically the Word of God. You know, I'm reminded of the scripture in Matthew chapter 5, which said, verse uh, 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And then I remember, also if you jump down to verse 8, it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And you know, God knows where your heart is at. God knows where my heart is at. If He knows if we're hungry for Him or not. If we're thirsty for Him or not. His righteousness. 
And, you know, if we're hungry and thirsty for the things of God and for righteousness, then the scripture promises, the Lord promises that we shall be filled. And he also goes on to say in that same um, passage of scripture that I'm quoting, that the blessed are the pure in heart. Those that are pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so, like I said, if our heart is in the right place, God sees that and he knows that and he will see to it that we see God and that we're filled with the fruits of righteousness and that we're like that tree that the psalmist talked about that's planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in its season. Its leaf will not wither and whatever it does will prosper. That's Psalms chapter 1. And, you know, the appetite that we have for the things of God, we need to maintain that appetite, continue to be hungry. I always ask people, how's your hunger? How's your hunger for the things of God? Because it's easy, if we're not careful, to let our hunger go away, the hunger for God. It's easy to get filled up with other things and that to take the place of God's word in our life. You know, there's a, there's a funny story I have when I was having um, a birthday a few couple years ago, I had some friends come over and I had, we were grilling up a bunch of different food and there was a lot of different um, meats and different kinds of foods being cooked up and grilled. And we were having a cookout basically and lots of great different kinds of foods. And it was, it was a big party and there was going to be lots of people there. And one, my brother-in-law now, he was invited to come obviously and he showed up and we all get this food piled on our plates we start dishing up and we start having all this food we sit down to eat everybody is eating at the table all this wonderful foods different kinds of salads and meats and and we had desserts and all this different stuff and everybody's eating and having a great time and my brother-in-law it he just he's not he was kind of playing with his food and he didn't he wasn't partaking like the rest of us he wasn't eating like the rest of us. And so everybody's like, well, what's wrong with you? Like, you love steak. You love food. What are you, why aren't you eating? And he, which, uh, embarrassingly, or being embarrassed, he admitted that he had gone to Wendy's just before he came up to, to dinner for my birthday. And everybody thought that was the funniest thing. And it was hilarious because he, he had fed on Wendy's just before coming to the party and where there was all this wonderful food supplied and provided and everything, and we were partaking of that. Well, I was reminded of that, and I've gotten a great illustration out of that because that's how a lot of Christians act in life. They don't have an appetite for the things of God like they should. They're not hungry for the things of God, for everything that God has placed on the table before. Remember the scripture says in Psalms 23, he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Well, there's a table set, but a lot of Christians aren't hungry for the things that are at the table. They're not partaking. They're not, their hunger level isn't good. They're not maintaining an appetite for the things of God like they should because they are feasting on other things in this life. They're, they're feeding on worldly things. They got an appetite for worldly things and they're feeding and 
feasting on what the world has to offer. And when it comes time to feed on the things of God, they don't have an appetite for it. They don't hunger for it like they should because they're full of something else. They're full of other things. And we must be careful that our appetite is on the things of God and not on the things of this world. Because remember what the scripture said, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, notice the love of the Father is not in him. For all that be in the world, the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, the scripture says, and the lusts thereof. But he who doeth the will of God abideth forever. And so see, the world's passing away. Everything in this life that you see around you, these natural things, these carnal things, like the scriptural, scripture says, they're passing away. Everything you can lust for, hope for, desire, work for, sweat for, and, and give your time to, everything in this life, everything it is passing away. But the things of God are eternal. The love of the Father is eternal. The things that you do for the Father are eternal. The love that you have for Him and the love, the out of that love, what you do for Him, it'll all stand and last forever. Those are eternal things. It's eternal fruit. And that's why we're supposed to lay up treasures in heaven. That's why we're supposed to work for the heavenly reward the reward that Jesus has that he's preparing for us that he's bringing back with him like he said in Re Revelation chapter 22 behold I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according to his work so see there is a reward there's eternal fruit that we need to be working towards it's not wrong to have things blessed be God we know that we're called to live the prosperous life the blessed life it's not wrong to enjoy life but make sure it's in the proper place make sure that our hunger and our thirst and our um, appetite is first and foremost on kingdom business or the kingdom of heaven the things of god amen and so we're going to give ourselves to the word of god today and i'd encourage you to get your bibles out and, and look at the scriptures right along with me we're going to see what the word has to say we were talking about how we come unto God and maintaining the right kind of heart in order to be able to receive from God. And we were looking at Matthew chapter 11. And starting in verse 25, it said, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. So what are the things that Jesus was talking about that were hid? First of all, well, if you go back up and look at prior verses of scripture, he had just rebuked a lot of these different cities, including Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum. And he was rebuking them because he was ministering in these places, doing the works of God, performing miracles, and yet these mighty works which were done in them, they 
did not bring these cities to repentance. He said, the, if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in these other places, entire inside, and he said in verse 21, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. He said unto Capernaum, in verse 23, you'll be brought down to hell, for if the mighty works which had been done in you had been done in Sodom, they would have remained unto this day. It shall be more tolerable tolerable for the land of Sodom in that day of judgment than for thee. So what was he saying? Well, he was rebuking these cities and saying, you know, these mighty works from heaven were being done. The works of God were being done in these places. And you have not repented. You have not changed. You've not received what God has for you. And, you know, we need to remember that the Lord will judge us individually, but he'll judge nations. And he'll hold us accountable. And he'll judge us according to the word, how we handled the word and the word that we received or didn't receive. So if a nation receives the the message of the gospel and the word of God, they receive it with honor and they repent. Blessed is that nation. If they walk according to the word of God, blessed is that nation. But if they reject the word of God, then that nation is cursed. And he'll judge kingdoms. He'll judge nations. He'll judge leadership. He'll judge governments. He'll judge people. And then he'll judge people on an individual basis according to how they handled the word, whether or not they received the word, whether or not they honored the word or not. And it's important for us to remember this. And I'm not teaching on this, but we need to remember that God is a righteous judge. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment. And there's coming a day, an hour, when the Lord will have to judge nations and judge kingdoms according to their works. And we need to be praying for our nation, praying for mercy, praying for repentance. And the church needs to come down, get down on its knees and repent and seek the face of God once again. But anyways, so I said that to say, to give a little bit of context, that when Jesus said in verse 25, that these things were being hid from certain individuals, namely the wise and the prudent, and these things were revealed unto babes. What things was he talking about? He's talking about the mighty works which were being done, the things of the kingdom of God, the revelation that is found in the kingdom of God. Those things can either be hid or revealed depending on the individual's heart person's heart, the heart of the man, man being human. And Jesus said he thanked Father God. He's praying. He said, I thank thee, O Father. He's he's addressing Father God in in prayer, saying, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them unto babes. Can God hide things from individuals whose hearts are not right? Can he hide revelation and understanding from people that their heart is not right in his sight. Yes, absolutely. He yes, he does can and yes he does. 
Can an individual go from from walking with the Lord to departing from the things of God and beginning to to get out of the light and walk into greater and greater darkness? Absolutely. Yes. It's important to understand that we must maintain our the condition of our heart. We must maintain purity in our heart. We must maintain a right spirit inside of us so that we can continue to walk in revelation light as babes, Jesus said in verse 25. He's revealed them unto babes. Well, what is that? The, when he's talking about that, he's talking about the condition of their heart. Tender in heart. We all know that children are very ten- tender when they're young. They believe, they're quick to believe, typically. They're quick to respond. They're quick in their innocence. And they don't, they don't have a bunch of uh, bitterness or ca- they're not calloused. They're just, they're just very innocent in heart. And that is what the Lord is likening this individual to. A person whose heart is right. They're tender. They're innocent in heart. They're quick to believe. They're quick to trust. And it's that kind of a individual, the condition of their heart, that will have the things of God revealed unto them, the, the blessings of God revealed unto them, the revelation of God, the purpose of God revealed unto them, the principles and the understanding of the kingdom of God revealed unto them. And you notice that Jesus said these things can be hid from the wise and the prudent, will be hid from the wise and the prudent, and revealed unto babes. And we, you heard me talk about it before, but I'll it bears repeating, I'll say it again, that wise and prudent here is not talking about this from the standpoint of being wise in godly wisdom and prudence. But it's talking about those that are self-prudent and self-wise, they're, self, they're exalting self, they're conceited and arrogant in themselves, their hearts are not right before God. And therefore, things, the things of God, the, the kingdom of God, is hid from them. I had an individual say to me one time, well, isn't it right to be wise and prudent? She tried to correct me because I was teaching from this passage of Scripture. And she was saying, that's not right. You, you know, We're supposed to be wise and prudent. Aren't we supposed to be wise in the Lord? Isn't that what the, the Word says? And yes, that is what the word talks about. It talks about walking in wisdom. But you notice in Proverbs it talks about godly wisdom and godly prudence. In the context of what we're reading here, Jesus was talking about an individual whose heart is not right before God. And therefore these things are hid from them. These things are hid from those whose hearts are not right. They see themselves and they look upon themselves in pride. And they they look upon their understanding of the things of God as their own achievements. Or they they become they be they get to a point in knowledge where it puffs them up. Knowledge puffs up. Do you remember the scripture said that? But love edifies. But people can a lot of times grow in the Lord and learn some things and then it, it, it begins to puff them up in pride. They begin to be conceited about it. They begin to think they know something. They begin to think they know more than sometimes 
others who are in leadership whom God has placed over them. And as a result, they start to compare themselves to the person that the Lord has placed over them, or they start to um, challenge even the person that the Lord has placed over them, or they start to, to compare or to, to think of themselves as better or greater than others in their understanding. And there's a lot of different things we could go into there, but it's the condition of their heart. And they, those that are wise in themselves, they'll have things hid from them. They'll have the things of God hid from them. Now go on. In verse 26, it says, Even so, Father, for it seemed, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, Jesus said. Verse 27. And no man knoweth the Son, but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, except the Son. And he, to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. I think that's such an important scripture. One that we we should camp out on. Because the Son of God, in the Son, in Christ, is the revelation of the Father. But I notice that when Jesus was speaking and talking about teaching on this, he said, no man knows the Son but the Father, and no man knows the Father but the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Almost like it's conditional, right? So that just, he's still teaching on the same line. It's conditional. And what is it based on? Or what is it, um, what is it dependent on? It's dependent on or conditional on, conditioned on, the way your heart is or the condition of your heart how is your heart how are you on the inside are you wise and prudent in the context of are you conceited and arrogant in heart are you jaded and bitter in heart are you unforgiving and you've held on to things in life and it's starting to affect your heart? Or are you pure and tender in heart, meek and of a right contrite spirit like the scripture says? Because, see, knowing God, in order to know God, in order to know the Father and to continue to grow in knowledge of Him, we have to maintain a right heart, a right spirit before God. I think it's important to understand this. It's a good, this is a good teaching point that a lot of individuals, a lot of Christians and believers start out right. A lot of individuals and Christians, a lot of believers start out hungry. They start out with a desire for God. They start out right and with a tender heart. But over time, circumstances arise, challenges arise, tests and trials come up, offenses come. And over time, they begin to be affected by these things because they're not guarding themselves. They're not... 
guarding their heart. They're not keeping their heart like the Proverbs said with all diligence. They allow these circumstances and offenses and trials to eat at them or to affect them. And they don't do diligence to make things right in themselves. And over time, it begins to affect them to the point where their heart begins to be affected and they begin to lose that tenderness and that purity that they once had. And as a result of that, they lose their hunger and they lose their appetite, like we talked about, for the things of God. And pretty soon, they don't even want to be in church. They don't want to be under leaders, sit under spiritual leadership. They don't want to tithe and give. They don't want to serve. They don't want to do anything. They want to live to and for themselves. Well, an individual who wants to live to and for themselves has a wrong spirit about them. Bitter towards the things of God. That you And those that have allowed themselves to become angry at, at the church and at God. And angry at individuals who stand in places of spiritual authority. I'm talking about pastors and other ministry gifts. And it's it, that kind of thing doesn't happen overnight. That sort of thing does not happen overnight, but yet it happens. It happens over time as individuals don't deal with things like they should. They don't make things right like they should. They don't repent when they're supposed to. They don't deal with their thought life. They don't they don't captivate their thoughts. They, they allow themselves to think wrong and to talk wrong about individuals. Sowing discord among the brethren. Gossiping. And again, thinking wrong and, act, and just acting wrong. And over time, it, it starts to affect their heart. I'm telling you guys, I've seen what this can do to an individual. And it's happened many, many times over the years. Because I grew up in a pastor's home. And have served uh, as in church and over the years and watched how people have come through the doors and they start out hungry and excited about the word and, and desirous of the word. But then over time, other things start to creep in, other offenses, other trials and tests and all these things they start to come against them and it affects the word that was planted into their life and and as a result it leads them astray people who have promised they would never leave people who promised they would always do what's what god wanted people who who made a lot of promises to do the right thing but didn't stay with it didn't maintain it because they're not keeping their heart like they should. And the scripture said in Proverbs 4, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Not guarding our hearts will be a detriment to our walk with the Lord. Not keeping our hearts guarded and protecting the precious things in inside of us, including the word, will eventually lead us astray, lead us away from the things of God. And so Jesus said, the Son will reveal, he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Who? The Father. And it's based and conditioned on your heart. It's determined by what the condition of your heart is. And then notice Jesus said in verse 28, Come unto me all thee that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
I want you to notice this, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart. So he's comparing and contrasting or contrasting the difference between the wise and the prudent, self-righteousness, self-exaltation, those that are puffed up in themselves, their heart's not right, and then those that are meek and lowly. See, he's comparing the two. Those individuals won't have the things of God. They'll lose that which they may have even had. It'll be hid from them. But Jesus said the meek and the lowly in heart, which is synonymous with what Jesus said, the babes, those that are have those things revealed to them because they're tender and pure in heart, they'll have those things revealed to them. That is the kind of spirit that we need to maintain. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart. We want to be like Jesus. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in heart. Remember the scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, that said, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on himself the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion of a, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. But notice he said, let this mind be, be in you. Well, we're talking about heart, but we're also... This we're talking in this context right here. It said, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, spiritually minded, having a condition in your life or being in position in your life to where you can humble yourself before God." Because notice that the mindset that Jesus had, the way that Jesus lived, and the kind of heart that Jesus had, caused him to make himself of no reputation. He took on the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. He humbled himself and became obedient. It said obedient to the death of the cross, and that is right. But it's also, we could say this too, he became obedient unto the will of the Father. He became obedient to the will of the Father, and that was the kind of mindset that Jesus had. Well, Jesus said, I'm meek and lowly in heart. See, this is important. The Father will be revealed to those whose heart is meek and lowly, those that maintain a right spirit, those that maintain a heart of humility and an obedient heart unto him. Because if your heart is in the right place, you'll be obedient to the will of the Father. And it's through that obedience that more will be given unto you. It's through obedience to the Father that revelation will come. It's through obedience to the Father that more will be imparted to you. Do you see the connection? Because, see, the Father is revealed through the Son, and the Son is revealed through the Father, and it all is dependent on your attitude, your heart, your mindset, your spiritual condition, or your condition spiritually. And Jesus said, this is the key right here, he said, I'm meek and lowly in heart. This is the key to finding rest for your souls. People are always trying to find rest, trying to find peace. Oh, they may look like they have it all together at times. 
They may look like they've got the answers and they've got everything they need. But oh, they're tormented in life and they're tormented in their mind and they're without rest and without peace because they're not they're not leaning on the the wisdom and the spirit of God and they're not leaning on the the word of God as they should and they're not coming unto the Lord with a right spirit and as a result they're left dry they're left wanting and they're left alone But Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And you heard me say it last week. The way we come unto God matters. The way and the the way that we approach God matters. The way that we come unto Him matters. When we come unto Him with a right heart, with a right spirit. When we come unto him with meekness and lowliness in heart, when we come unto him with pu- with purity in our heart, when we come unto him with a, a heart of obedience and a heart of, of submission to the will of the Father, that is when we can give over our labors and our heavy burdens unto him and find his rest. But for those that refuse to submit themselves to God, refuse to humble themselves, refuse to be meek and lowly in heart, refuse to be obedient to the Father, those burdens and those labors that they carry, they'll continue to carry them. And the Father can't take them. The Lord can't take them off of them. You won't find rest. A lot of times people think that they're right before God. They they try to tell everyone around them, we're right before God. We spend time with the Lord. We got our Bible study. We got our, our time with the Lord. I pray. I still got my faith. I'm spiritual. They they make all these excuses and it's almost like they're trying to convince themselves, but they're doing it according to the way they think it should be done. They're doing it on their terms. People always want God to meet them on their terms or they want to have their walk with the Lord the way they want to have it. Or they think that 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 God is going to fit into the way they're mold. And they they insist that the way they're doing it is the right way. But really, you're not doing it right unless you're doing it according to what the Word says. (laughs) You're not not pleasing to God unless you're doing it in faith. And people can't serve God in faith when their heart's not right. You can't serve God in faith when you're in disobedience. That's a huge word from the Holy Ghost right there. When you're living in disobedience to the will of the Father and you know he's told you to do something or he's told you not to do something and you keep on doing it, if that's if you're living in disobedience, you can't have faith towards God. You can't live a life of faith. Some would challenge me on that and, and not agree with me there, but it's absolutely the truth. It's absolutely the truth and we can look at it according to the scripture. But... The children of Israel, you remember, they disobeyed the Lord. They would not honor the Lord. They kept griping and complaining. They didn't want to go and and do what the Lord said to do. And he was leading, endeavoring to lead them and guide them through the wilderness and to provide for them and, and eventually take them into the promised land. But they were stiff-necked and hard-hearted and complained and disobedient. 
and when it came time to enter into the things that God had for them, the, the promised land, which was flowing with milk and honey, they did not have the right mindset to go in and conquer. Their eyes couldn't see it the way God saw it. They saw it according to natural eyes. There's too many giants in the land. They're too great for us. They couldn't see it God's way. They did not enter in. They That generation passed away. They did not enter into what God had for them because of their unbelief, because of their disobedience. And disobedience and unbelief are connected. If you're living in disobedience to God before God, then you'll not have faith before God. And it's only through faith that you can please God. And a heart of purity, a heart that's right before God, will be a heart of faith. And a heart of faith will maintain a right spirit before God. And when we come unto God, we need to come unto Him with faith and with a, a right spirit. So that we can trade our labors and our burdens for His rest. And notice Jesus said in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We live in a generation at a time where people want to be proud, and they want to be independent, and they want to insist that they're right, and they want to be fierce and they want to promote or they want to promote themselves and in society people are exalting themselves and they're full of pride and they're seeking the glory for themselves and i remember it's so important you've heard me say it whatever's in the world Whatever's in culture and society will try to get into the church and does creep into the church at times. And whatever is going on in in your country or what the nation that you're in, whatever is the mindset in the world is going to try to get into the church. And the church today, in a, lo- in a lot of places, they don't want to submit themselves to leadership. They don't want to submit themselves or humble themselves under the leadership of God. And as a result, they have a hard time humbling themselves and submitting themselves to the will of God. And there is a danger here because the enemy is trying to take people down, take them off course and away from their God-ordained destiny. And he can do it as if he can get them to be calloused in heart to compromise on the things which they've learned if you can get their them to to not guard their heart and to get them off through trials and circumstances and through offenses and unforgiveness if he can get them to to begin to or to wear them down spiritually to the point where they're not guarding their heart and they allow things in their life then he can eventually take them off the course that god had for them to take them away from their God-given destiny, if he can work against their heart and work against the word that's being sown. And so we need to guard our heart, amen? We need to keep ourselves. We need to keep and guard our heart and ourselves and be not ignorant of the enemy's devices. 
because he comes in a lot of different forms to try to get people off. And I don't care. You can try to insist that you're right, but you may be insisting for the wrong thing. You may be insisting that you're right, but it may be that it's actually going to take you down in life. I think we'll stop right there. And so anyways, thanks for listening, guys. You can follow the ministry on Facebook and YouTube. You can follow us on our website, stephenoverbaugh.com. And great things are happening in this ministry. We're moving forward and not backwards. We're going up and we're going into what God has for us, the blessings of God more and more. Remember, this is the year of new levels, new places, greater graces, greater blessings in his plan. And if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Be blessed, guys. Have a great day.